0: Wizards fans, what's going on? Welcome to the latest episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. Hey, on this episode, we're going to take a step back from talking to the draft prospects and focus on a guy who came in last season from the Lakers who might have been the team's MVP. We're talking about Kyle Kuzma. Kyle this summer is getting back into the lab, working on his game, but he's also been on the links trying to perfect yet another sport. Kyle picked up the game of golf during the bubble during that championship year with Los Angeles. We'll ask him how his swing is going and from tee to green, just how good is he? We'll also get into the draft coming up and his memories of that night being drafted and some of his advice he might have for some of these young upstarts that are about to enter the NBA. All that and so much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode of the Off the Bench podcast featuring Kyle Kuzma. What up, brother? What up, though? How we doing? It's been a while. Yes, it has. How has your summer been so far? Oh, it's been great. See my tan. You're looking good. We'll get into the golf in a moment. (laughs) Uh, I'm a little jealous, but yeah, I I wanted to ask you this, you know, since this is kind of your first year, it's kind of like, how do you manage an off season?
1: Uh, I feel like it gets a lot different. Um, you know, as you get older and you realize, you know, the game of basketball and how to approach the summer. You know i Mm -hmm. feel like um you know it has to be smart you know i remember one summer i just worked 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 and i broke my foot Mm -hmm. like stress fracture so like after that it really took me to a point where it's like hey you gotta you gotta figure out your rest schedule your workout schedule you know you have to time certain things you have to train in certain different type of training periods Mm -hmm. um and then also you have to enjoy your life too so like it's a lot you have to deal with but um as you get older, it's easier. So, what part of your life have has
0: you have you enjoyed so far this summer the most? Oh my golf, for sure. Yeah, yeah I was going to wait and
1: transition into that. Yeah, it's too it's too early. I want to uh, golf wanna, and, f- golf and my strength training. How about that? I will give you two. I want to thank you,
0: but I'm also upset with you at the same time. Um, I don't remember what day it was, but I was on IG, and I saw you on the golf course, and you got that fire burnt in me again uh-huh that's good no it's not because i stepped away from the game for 15 years for a reason right because i sucked but you inspired me so it's your fault yeah you just pick it up a little when bit. my wife wants to know why am i gone all the time playing golf it's gonna be your fault yeah so yeah you, you gotta get over that though so the, <laughs> this is a fun part about golf and it's the one thing that drives me crazy is have you had this yet? How long have you been golfing, by the way? Like two years. So you got started during the bubble. Yeah. Right? You could play 18 holes. Mm Mm-hmm. And you might hit two really good shots, and you're like, I got to keep going. Right. Are you at that point where the game of golf doesn't frustrate you, where you're kind of like, man, I just got to step away
1: from this? Or are you seeing progress each time you're on the course? Uh, I think one of the biggest things I love about golf is it helps you with your just mental throughout your life okay right so like i feel like a lot of times when when you're really not invested in something it's easy when something isn't working you just mm-hmm. give up on right so a lot of times you know i'm a regular too i'm not that good at golf but when i'm on the course and i'm struggling you know i like to just figure a way to fight through it okay because that's going to carry over my life that's going to carry over basketball you know if i can fight through you know shanking it three, four holes and looking at my score and my friends are laughing at me, then I'll be all right during the season when some adversity comes. So um, I'm definitely at the point, you know, I'm past the point where it's two to three shots around. I'm more like, oh, talk that talk, 15, 16, good shots. (laughs) you in the building. Yeah, I'm in the building. Okay. um, Nice. It's great, man. What is,
0: what is the one correlation you think between playing golf and your trade? playing basketball. Is there anything you are talking
1: the mental part of it? Is there something about golf and basketball that kind of makes sense? Uh technique and doing something the same every single time. You know, if you try to if you can hit the, the golf ball the same every time, mm-hmm. then you're gonna have, you know, a good time. If I can shoot the basketball at the same time, uh the same speed, the same form, you know, I'm gonna be happy with myself mm-hmm. on the court, miss or make so, um, it's so much that the game of golf has that is similar to my sport you know mm-hmm. whether it's um you know being even kill i feel like that's a big one because you could be super super high on the golf course on the basketball court mm-hmm. and then um a couple games later you're in a slump what do you do how mm-hmm. do you figure it out so right. you know it's a bunch of different things for sure t to green where are you the best right now in terms of your game uh just like basketball my touch short game okay keep it simple if I get in 30 40 50 60 70 yards I can get on the green I can two putt and then I'm happy with myself I hit you <laughs> I hit
0: you the undulation part of it, it's like the hardest thing to read it's like you hit it and you think you figured it out and then you go up because you were telling me before you walk up yeah and you, you know you'll, you'll read it and all that yeah you think you're reading it the right way you're seeing something and as soon as you get on top of the ball and you strike it you go
1: damn that was a bad read <laughs> does no, that happen to you it does but i feel like when it when it happens is when i'm overthinking like okay. If i'm looking behind the ball and i see something just the slightest bit i'm going with it mm-hmm. i'm not like okay uh, maybe to the right a little more left i'll just go with it you know like and i feel like for me i'm an overthinker by nature so mm-hmm. having that type of mentality in the course is making it easier for my everyday life to be like right, just just go with it see what happens
0: that's actually good that, the, that was great. you've used that yeah. to go play golf, but also understanding that you're having a good time hanging with your buddies, but you're applying it to yeah. what you know is something that you've got to work on in terms of overthinking stuff. So, uh, by the way, this is Tea Time with Cal Kuzma here on the Off the Bench Podcast. Yeah. We're talking golf. I thought we were talking basketball. Yeah, uh, we were huh? be talking who, but it's a passion of mine. Is there anybody you watch
1: golf-wise that you go, yeah, I, I like how that this Every person day. gets down? I mean, I'm I'm on my explore page is all golf and dogs. Uh, <laughs> when I wake up in the morning, have my coffee, golf channels on. Um, especially now, cause I'm not turning NBA TV on. You know, it's it's the same thing every yeah. day. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm consumed with it for sure. That's a good, good consume though, yeah. not like a like it's all I'm doing. But
0: you say you don't watch. Are you, are you watching the finals? Like, how much are
1: you actually like watching the game? Oh, I'm watching every game. Okay, I'm definitely watching every game. Okay, so what uh, did you think I, of Steph? I pretty much watched probably I would say of the playoffs. I mean, you can see I live tweet most games. Yeah. So uh, at least ninety percent of the games this off season. So you're kind of like a an analyst. Like you,
0: like I read some of your tweets. I'm kind of. Like, it's, it's, yeah. not only does he know play hoop he knows who yeah what, what do you think of this series so far now that it's at the time of this recording the series is tied at two and Steph just had this amazing performance what do you think of these two teams
1: man well Steph had an all-time performance honestly I mean that's probably one of his best playoff games ever you know especially you know the biggest thing about him everyone always talks about is like you know he's never won a finals MVP he's always been kind of you know the second or third best player during the finals run, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, KD, whatever, but you know, this dude's stone cold killer. It's crazy, and you know for them, um, they definitely need some more production to carry Because if you want to depend on Steph having 43 and 10 every night, mm-hmm. he can definitely do it because he's an all time great. But you don't want to. That's tough. That's that's like playing with fire, especially with Boston. Like they're a team that you know they can defend one through five. And they have two guys that can go get a bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tatum hasn't been playing up to his uh, ability from, you know, a scoring standpoint, but uh, they're still dangerous. So, you know, it's going to be interesting next next
0: three games. I never do p- predictions because you just never know. But I, I do want to ask you about Ime Udoka, a guy in his first year. Yeah. And going through the early struggles. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of people in Boston credit Smarty for – really checking the two best players and saying hey listen if you don't pass the ball we're not going to have success and then obviously their trajectory went up kind of describe kind of like as a a peer in the league when you see a rookie head coach able to do something like that and have that kind of requisite talent around them how are they able to go from trying to figure the hell out what's going on to now being two games away from a
1: chip well i love him he's um i had an opportunity to be coached by him actually for team usa probably about maybe three years ago went to the FIBAs and um, he was great you could just tell that you know he com- he comes from that that Spurs background that heritage so uh he's he's like a no-nonsense type of guy I and mean, you could see he's straightforward he gets into everybody cussing people out mm-hmm. uh but players want that though you know what right. I mean like that's what we've grown up on our entire lives you know our old AU coaches used to slander <laughs> us you know what I mean so like now a lot of got a lot of times you see guys um in this grown man environment and a lot of coaches you really can't do that so like for him it's it's really dope to see and um he's got his players behind him yeah and if, if you're a coach you got your players behind you um you know win loss the results like it's going to be consistency there so speaking of aau
0: coaches getting after you mm-hmm. have you seen the latest Coach Brad? Yeah. Yeah. Look familiar. I've seen it every game. You know that that's that's his that's his MO for sure. I joke with a buddy of mine it's like it's like a yearly pilgrimage for him now. It's like every year he goes oh. off on his oh. <laughs> UT on that a-
1: <laughs> I love it. Oh, um, that's truly Brad too. He yeah. does that locker room. That's him. Like it's not just um, you know something you see for a clip or something promo for his team like you know he really he comes in the locker room sometimes just spicy yeah. <laughs> you know you gotta rock with it so. yeah yeah like, it's a care factor yeah uh, he obviously cares. he's got his
0: name on his aau team he wants to see them play at a high level you know how aau is i mean yeah. these kids are out here trying to get their shine on but he's trying to teach them like if you eat we eat we all eat right right um i want to ask you about draymond green yeah And this whole narrative now about new media and athletes kind of taking back kind of their narratives and being able to get into the space of media and kind of explaining from their perspective instead of having kind of like this third party
1: kind of do it for them. Where do you sit on this? I love it. I think it's great. Um, I also do think you know maybe a time and a place too. You know, I I feel like at the end of the day, we all have these passions we all have things we want to do um but you know i'm i'm a big fan of you know you got to keep the main thing the main thing mm-hmm. you know and that's basketball right but at the same time when you look at the media and the landscape and how it's been over the past four or five years it's all about clickbait it's all about negativity uh, for the most part mm-hmm. you know i'm not saying everybody there's also great analysts and great uh, people within the media 100 percent but Um, great and good things really don't sell well these days, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you know, I think it's great when you see J.J. and C.J. McCollum um, you know telling Stephen A. or one of these other reporters, hey that was a terrible take. I don't know what you're talking about and for me, not for me but for them, they played this game for 10 plus years, J.J. 15, 16, C.J. 11, 12, whatever it may be Um, you know it's good for the fans and consumers too, you know. For fans to really get ed- like uh, a full education, uh, full education on on, on basketball uh, by pros, it, it hits different, and it's not so much BS out there, you know. So I think it's good.
0: I think the real key, and I think you noticed from me from just being around me for a year, is your opinion. It's valuable. Like I, I would ask you, like. You know what's going on because you're the one that's between the lines right. 94 by 50. Right. Uh and, and I I really agree with you guys kind of using your space to speak your truth and you know what's going on in your in the world you know like from your perspective because you're the one that's playing 82 games right, right? so Commissioner Silver's talked about this in season
1: tournament to kind of boost up kind of like middle part of the year right it. where it's like you like that love it you know people are talking about shortening the season doing this doing that like you know we're professional athletes and like if you want to shorten the season to make it easier on people then probably more people in the league like it's not for everybody to play 82 games and especially if you look at um ratings and entertainment during the mid-season part it's not really the the best area for activity for viewership and whatnot because you know it's a long season (laughs) but you know I, i have a lot of friends that play overseas basketball and they play and it's like, it's never ending. Like they'll play till June and it's like, wait, I thought the season tournament was over. He was like, yeah, but you know, we have another cup that we're playing for, right? So to have an in-season tournament, um, it's just good for the game. It adds more competitiveness to the middle of the season. And, um, you know, it just brings another added layer to basketball that's fun, so. All
0: right, let's get to the team. This will be brief. last 13 games you didn't play, but I'm curious what your observation was
1: watching what was going on on the floor as the team closed out the season. I mean, the biggest thing was just uh, seeing the habits that, you know, coach wants um, and having players playing the right way, which everyone did. It was great. You know, a lot of young guys got opportunities to play. Um, you know, you saw Rui really a little bit more. You saw Corey more, uh, you saw Danny more. So, um, you know, those are guys that are going to be You know the core of our rotation so it's it's important for them to get those game reps and 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 playing the right way and understanding okay this is what i need to do on the court to be successful but also to help the team out um so i mean that's just the biggest thing for sure
0: as we're doing this interview there are some kids that are on this practice court right now yeah going through what you went through to get ready for the draft do you ever harken back to you know that time when you were just Dream chasing
1: all the time. I was a gladiator back then, too. I had it was 20 in 2017, I think there was 25 teams that had picks, mm-hmm. and I worked out for 21 teams. So, um, I had to get it out of the mud. And, and sense. well, so you jet setting, you jet setting, I was having and just... three and four nights, uh, three workouts, four days, back to backs. You know, I was getting it, I had to because nobody thought I was an NBA player back then. So, mm-hmm. um I had to prove a lot of people wrong, but it was it was a great time though. You know, like just enjoying it and being in the moment. Like this is what you live for. to Come in to an NBA facility, and this is like you're at the doorstep. It's like what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. You know, it's you hear them out there. It's yeah. competitive.
0: Did you ever keep the jerseys and the shorts of all of those teams that you you worked I out did. For? I
1: don't know where they're at now,
0: um, but you 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 did keep them. Oh, I kept them. Is, sure. Was it a kind of a reminder? I know like. A, I think it was Paul Pierce that said, you know, he was drafted 10th. He's like, I'm going to remember the nine teams that passed on me like that. Did you ever kind of look at those uniforms and be like, yeah, I worked out for those teams, but they didn't see me that way. So I got some smoke for them. No. Okay.
1: I've never, I'm not a uh, spiteful person. I feel like it's very toxic. You know what I mean? Uh, For me, I just enjoy the moment. Like Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be here. Like this is my dream. I want to play in the NBA and have an opportunity to work out from a team. Like that's a blessing. Like, Mm -hmm. I kept it simple as that, and obviously, like for me, if I get in between those lines, you know, I don't hold grudges, but like, I want to, I want to beat you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've never really had that type of motivate. I, I never needed that motivation. Okay.
0: What do you remember about draft night? Where were you? Draft night, when you heard your raining. name,
1: with all of that. Yeah, I was at my, um, my mom's best friend's house. We had like a little block party. Mm-hmm. This small house, probably like twelve hundred square feet, like seventy people, no AC um man all my friends were there people i didn't even know were there honestly but um that nah, was great man i was i was watching the draft and it was probably like picks one through 15 i was just chilling watching because it it's like i'm not going top 15 i could watch this but my range at the end of working out for 21 teams it was like from 20 22 to, like, 45. That's what my agent was saying. So once it kind of got to that point, it was just, like, I was just nervous. It was just, like, Mm -hmm. shaking, 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 right? And I always remember right before I got drafted, because I'm sitting there watching, and there's a full party going on. Like, I'm locked (laughs) into it. But, like, at the same time, I'm I'm trying to keep it cool. Mm -hmm. And pick 27 comes up, right? And I just Mm -hmm. noticed. Like, everybody knew I was going there before me, because I kind of noticed, like, i'm the only person there and floods of people are coming into the living room to watch this now so i'm like okay maybe some something is happening i don't see my agent i'm not really talking to my agent this entire day mm-hmm. like he's there with me but I'm not paying attention to him like i'm just locked into this <laughs> and it happened and everybody exploded uh i had to get out the house and everybody was like bum rushing me i got out the house and it was pouring out
0: so who was the first person once you know you got yourself together first person you
1: hugged was a mom um yeah it was my mom yeah. yeah she was crying the whole night uh i was hugging everybody and then i had to like go to the bathroom and like cried by myself yeah. in the dark then i got out there and i was cool so it was you cool. know
0: because i don't think a lot of people kind of understand like the journey from like the first time you guys pick up a basketball and three two one you know if we talked about that during the season of, you know all these game winners you hit in your at home or on a court yeah and like now you're on the doorstep of yeah. reaching that dream. And I'm sure there's just a flood of emotions that kind of flood. go through your mind.
1: It's no difference. Like I've had that type of feeling two times in my life. And uh, one entering the NBA that moment and then also winning the championship. And I feel like when you reach like big milestones, you always have that self-reflection of like, yeah, I have a trophy or yeah, I'm in the NBA, but like that wasn't the prize. The prize was not be in the NBA. The prize was actually like, you know having a time to self-reflect and and knowing and learn and, and understanding okay i had to be at the gym eight hours a day mm-hmm. you know i had to skip out on parties i had to do this do that and those self-reflections that's the journey and then like that's what you do it for like that moment of tears and then joy and then yeah. tears and joy and tears and joy and it's like why am i still crying but it's like you can't stop it's, it's an amazing feeling
0: so chip number two i'm sure that's still a a goal of yours does it still have that kind of zest to it is chasing that second one
1: for sure i mean some people are different you know like some people play basketball to make money and have a great lifestyle some people um you know play just because they're they're good at it Mm -hmm. and you know they can make an income from it and some people play because they want to win and that's me like like I play this game to win. It's not an individual sport. I don't care about numbers. Um, you know, my third year was very tough because I had an ego check. You know, and um, I'm that's one of the best things that ever happened to me. You know, I had to, you know, put my ego to the side, take a certain role, sacrifice. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, for my life. So, um, yeah, winning is it's 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 the best
0: can't beat it we'll end on that but just do know this yeah when i get back out on these links and i'm spending a lot of time away from where i should be yeah it's your fault we'll we'll get
1: out there we'll